Blog Talk Radio. Tune in to the hottest sports talk show. I've never had it so good sports radio. Join us weekdays at 7 p.m. Stories about players and coaches of all levels. We make it easy to talk sports. Welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio. We are live on a Friday, which is in itself is something special. But this is all because Duck said, well, let's go ahead and ask the coaches. Duck Raleigh, how are you doing tonight, sir? Doing very well, Princess. Awesome, awesome, awesome. You and I were talking through the thread, and we were talking about what is going on in Colorado with the Buffaloes and also Deion Sanders and some of the players are complaining that they're not releasing any film. So, of course, I attach it to some other words, and you said no. Well, here is where we are, but let's bring in some coaches and ask them, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to welcome them to the show. Duck, any commentary on what I said in the thread, though? First of all, Francis, you know, a lot of times it's not it's not only you. It's a lot of people, they don't know all the ins and outs of what's happening as a head coach or even – these colleges and people sometimes we need to kind of you know let this settle or however you want to put it because yeah you don't you don't know exactly what's going on and then people make you know make statements and then when they hear the reality of it then they they try to backtrack it's too late you're right we make assumptions and because of technology and social media, it gives us all a microphone that maybe some of us just don't need, and I get that. So why not use our platform, Never Had It So Good Sports Radio, and clear the air and get some of the information out that we need? Because we do. We jump to some conclusions that are probably not there. So we're going to get the coaches in here first, and then we're going to welcome in some of our own crew and panel. So let's welcome in um, Coach Kosum. Coach, how are you doing? Hey, how y'all doing today? Thanks for having me. Awesome. I appreciate you taking time to be with us. All right. Let's get in Coach Ambrose and welcome him to the show. Coach Ambrose, thank you. Good evening. Thanks for having me, guys. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And Coach Ely, how you doing, Coach Ely? How you doing there, stranger? Thank you guys for having (laughs) me back. (laughs) Coach Ely? I ask all the time. Duck says you're busy, so you have to blame Duck. Let me go ahead and get that out there right now. You're welcome anytime. Yes. <laughs> well, we I so appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Great to have you. All right, let's welcome in the crew. Jason Collins, how are you tonight? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. No problem, hey, Jason. We are. Before you move on, I, I had a great conversation with uh Jason Collins, and I just want to know, Jason, don't, I contacted the NCAA just to see if they will withdraw Porter from the, the draft tonight so he can come back and play against West Virginia. So. <laughs> so you want, talk about being petty, you're going to withdraw him from the NFL to come back to Penn State 
so Penn State can beat you all again? They don't need no. Joey Porter no, for we that. Gonna, we thought we were going to get some penalties off of Porter for holding. <laughs> but so. he, he does hold a lot. He holds a lot, guys. <laughs> wow, wow. That's rough right there. Well, let's get everybody else in here. Uh, all right. Kevin Walker, welcome to the show, sir. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, guys. Looking forward to it. It is our pleasure. Shoshana Cook, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, guys. How is everybody doing? Uh, Doing really good. Coach Damien, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. How's everybody? Doing really good. All right, Duck, I think that's it. I'm going to give a shout-out to Tori. Happy birthday, Tori. I know we already did that, but I'm going to do it again. You get a whole (laughs) month, Tori. So if you hadn't gotten everything in April, you still got a couple of days from Duck. Just go ahead and request that cash out. Okay, all right. Here we go. All right, Duck, I'm turning it over to you. Yeah, I want to start off with Coach Coachum. Just to, you know, I'm sure you, Coach Ambrose and Coach Ely, know that we're on because of uh, the links that weren't released by Colorado. So my question to you is, is are they picking on Dion, or is this a head coaching thing, or uh, is it a university thing? Um, I, I'm I'm going to I'm going to kind of lean on the fact of you know uh, he you know Dion uh, is kind of the, the hot name in coaching right now and and you know you can get a lot of uh, information and a lot of clicks and a lot of press by having him out there because uh, you know there's a lot of coaches that kind of and a lot of schools that kind of have that same type of uh, policy so to speak and and everybody's different uh, every coach every school it's kind of they make their own kind of dynamics when it comes to that so. Um, you know, it, it's you know he he's the guy that's going to uh, antennas are up, good and bad. So everything that when his name is mentioned, people are going to lend uh, lend the click on it. So he's not the only coach in the country that that, that may have done this or is doing that. And then he hasn't been before him, and it won't be after him. Uh, kind of the same thing with the amount of guys in the portal and out of the portal. That they that we're in a portal world, man. Every every school in the country is having a bunch of kids leave, particularly after a coaching change. So. Um, yeah, I think it's just one of those things that yeah, when the, when the hot name is out there, that people are going to get be able to get uh, picks and clicks off of. Um, you know, they're they're going to tag as much to that as possible, good, bad, or and ugly. Okay, uh, so Zambro, same same question: Is it uh, is it Dion? Is it uh, just a head coaching thing, or is the university? Oh, I, um, it's a little bit of. I'm going to see what most of these coaches are going to say. If you look at the program he inherited, they won five games over the last two years. So you're brought there to have, bring some kind of culture change. Now, to be honest, as what Coach said, like this is happening in pretty much some version of this, a culture change is happening at every college where there's a head coach turnover. So, like, that's not new. It's just he's got a camera following around 24-7, so that, and he wants to be out there 24-7. Part of his thing, so so be it. Um, you know, as far as the numbers and you know how this is, I might be a little different. I say when you when you take over a program, you don't wait to recruit your guys. You're gonna make those guys your guys the day you signed on. Now, I, you know, I I went through something like this. I challenged them. I told they, I inherited something that wasn't too good at the time, and I said you're either gonna have to love this place or you're gonna have to love football but I'm going to make sure that you don't have a loser's mentality. 
changed the culture of this thing. And some guys just didn't want to work that hard, and they left. And some, and I can tell you, Mel, as, you, as Doc said, everybody doesn't get to hear the whole story. So the kid gets out there, and he says whatever he says. And trust me from experience. A long-time head football coach, there's a lot of sour grapes when you leave a program because you have to come face-to-face with one way or another, you weren't good enough at the time. Whether they thought so or that's just how it is. But giving up on an entire class or an entire roster, just ignoring them, not, not, uh. Of the guys that I inherited, I ended up with all Americans. I ended up with a guy who was a national player of the week in Dominique Booker. And Tyler Wharton was an all American. Those were the guys that, you know, weren't my guys, so to speak, before I took the job. They're not. It's, I, I don't believe it has to be all or nothing. I believe in the game of football, and I believe it's not completely a business. I think it's supposed to bring out the best of us. And I don't know how, how this is going down. I don't know if this is necessarily bringing out the best of us. Okay. Uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Ely. All right. Once again, a hello to everybody. And, and pretty much it, it's going to be um, a replication or duplication of what the other guys say. Every every school has some form of how you lead the program, and one of that one of the forms is that you don't get to take certain items that belong to the program. You know, uh, Doug, I know when you played, you remember that old warm up suit that had property of West Virginia. You know, <laughs> they they did that so that you understood what was yours and what was theirs, and you know those things were removed. And now, you know, the kids have to understand you just played a game on national television, uh, a scrimmage, and uh, your spring game. So if you have film, the coaches would have to get it from there. But, I, you know, everything is going, you know, pretty much be on steroids coming out of that program because of the way that he went into the program. You know, it, it's tough to walk in, and I've inherited two programs, and it's tough to walk in without giving guys fair opportunities to be a part of the program. They, they they know you, you don't know them. You have to set up evaluations to say, okay, either you're a part or you're not. And I think because of the way that he took over the program and the things that he said, it was already bruised blood the whole the whole year going along. And um and you know, and but you know, that's what he does. I mean he you know, he he uses his his uh persona to draw players from all over the country to New thing of NIL don't hurt to be able to, uh, you know, pay, get a paid roster. Uh, he also has behind him, uh, you know, that there, there is an inheritance rule that the NCAA has in place that he has two years where he can get rid of every player that the former coach has. So there is no stipulations on how many players you can get get rid of when you take over a program. Uh, so the NCAA hadn't put any guidelines in place to say, okay, you only can get rid of 10 or 12 guys. The thing that they're hoping is that uh, because you've gotten rid of so many guys, uh, you know, uh, what about that APR that you now have to make sure that you meet your APR percentage with so many guys exiting the program that don't have the the 2.8 and, and that don't get the opportunity to go to another school. So there's a lot of other things that, that will end up, uh, you know, taking away opportunities from the program that's down the road. Man, it's not there right now, but there's a lot of things that that's uh, that's in place that will uh, take place with so many guys actually. All right, coach. Before I bring the panel in, 
Let's go back to the APR because you, you have, you know, most of the panel understand what it is, but you've got listeners out there. Can you explain what the APR is? APR is uh, what the NCAA put in place for um, matriculation. They wanted to make sure guys were graduating. So APR is, is a rating that they do, and you for every player, that you retain, you get two points. For every player that's eligible that you retain, you get two points. So for each semester, you have the maximum opportunity to get four points for each player that's receiving aid, all right? If a player leaves your program uh, and doesn't have a 2.8, you end up losing the retention points, and now that lowers your score. So if you take four times... 85, and and now those are the opportunities that you have at the end of the year, and now all of a sudden you getting 0 for fours because they weren't eligible when they left, or you getting one, you getting two and four. That now lowers your number from the 9:30 that you need before you go in penalty phase, and they start taking away practices and they start taking away scholarships as well as recruiting opportunities. So APR is is what they put in place for institutions to do what they say when it comes to graduating a student athlete and now uh, not only just graduating but retaining them. Okay. All right, I'm going to bring the panel in, and I'm going to start off with uh, Coach Harvey. Coach Harvey, you have questions for the for the coaches? I just have one question. Um, the APR, that one, that one kind of got me because I thought with the APR, I thought it was, with all the kids that stayed, I didn't know it was even if you leave and you have and you're ineligible grade wise that it affects the program as well. Um, but here's my question with Deion Sanders, with the 50 something kids that have that have gone into the portal, if NCAA did put something in place and they can only get rid of, let's say, 10 to 15 kids. How how quick would coaches be ready to come to a program if they can't get rid of a good chunk of kids that they did not recruit? Who is that for? Uh, it can be for anyone. It doesn't necessarily – anyone can pick it up and answer. Well, I, I don't really think that they really need to put anything in place when it comes to – who you can get rid of, everything that you're seeing that's playing out down there is, is, called, is based off relationships. You, you have to go in, and when people feel like they've been given a fair opportunity um, from strength and conditioning to uh, your mat drills to your practice, and now at the end when you have your exit meeting with the young man and you say, hey, look, man, you know, these, these were the, the guidelines and the goals that we put in place, and at this point you can't help us win. And we and and as the steward of the program, we got to protect the program. So you know, I as a coach, I can't. You know, I'm not going to be able to afford you that scholarship. I have to give it to somebody else. But you may be able to help someone else. You know, if you go in the portal and if somebody call me and I can help you, I'll try to help you do whatever you need to do. So what you're seeing on display is is the lack of a relationship. Everybody does it. Everybody does exactly what he's doing, but maybe not that magnitude, but everybody does it. But the programs that you don't hear about in the press is because that coach first established a relationship and then 
he set the goals and the standards at the beginning of the program, and now those those young men, when they get to the end, they already know, well, look, I didn't grade out uh, 75 80% in those three opportunities I had, so I know I'm not going to get my scholarship. So what you're seeing is, is poor relationships. It has nothing to do with uh, how he's exiting the guys from the program. I mean, again, they went 1-11, so that yeah. says that it could it's a collaboration of talent as well as exec- they got rid of the coaches, so the execution part has changed, So, and he wants to go in another direction. And you could, you don't have times to coddle the kids that were left by another coach because, hell, in, in two years they're asking you as the head coach to exit yourself. So you have to do things in a vast way, but it's all about right. the relationship and the respect. You can't go in and, and now – just not have a relationship or have respect for the kids to say, I respect that you, you're here. I respect that, that you have given your best opportunity, but it's not what I'm looking for. Thank you for that. Yeah, Coach Ambrose or Coach Coachum, uh, you guys want to jump in on that question? Well, I just say that it's an honor once again to be in the presence of Donnie. Like, I, I've been watching this guy and listening to him since I was, like, 18, 19, 20 years old. So, Coach Eden, like, don't try to make me talk. old. Oh, you stop. <laughs> you stop. You don't forget. I'll ever learn. I, honestly, it's dental. This is going to, the way he's going about this and the public aspect of it by sticking a camera in it all the time and therefore giving these kids to be part of that conversation all the time. This is going to be the measuring stick on the public's evaluation of cleaning house. Like nobody's ever, you know, there's pieces of this that have happened in every program that's ever existed, but not with a camera on all the time. And and the real measuring stick in reference to the relationships and his ability to recruit, just saying the guys on that roster weren't good and I'm replacing everybody. Take a look at his transfer portal numbers in three years. If his guys are staying, then the culture of the program has been recreated, and it's strong. But if in three years it's a revolving door like it is right now, nah, that's not going to look good, and it's not going to be good for the university or the game. Okay, uh, Coach Coach, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'll follow up uh, kind of same thing. And, again, like like uh, like Rob said, um, I admire both of these guys because I'm um, – you know, we've been we've actually I've known them both for a while, and and we've been represented by the same guy. So um, I'm honored to be on there with him. So Rob, I'm giving you some of the same dose you gave Coach Ely a little bit. Um, <laughs> but but um but yeah, it's one of the things. It's it's everything that the both gentlemen just said. And but and here's the other piece that that goes along with it. Yeah, you you got to be able to garner that uh, that nurturing because yeah, these are young people. And, and they're trying to get to a certain a certain goal, and, and you want to try to help them get there. But the other part that know that people seem to always kind of to overlook is that um, the the young people have this, especially with the trend, they have that very same ability to come and go when they please. Um, it, it seems like it, it's it's okay for them to you know to be able to come out and you know they come for a year, they get there, they don't like their place, and they get to go right away. And we as coaches have to replace them, um, and that's completely okay. And it's like a blanket for them to be able to do that. Um, and and a lot of times it's just, hey, you you got to understand, there's some growth that's involved in this. 
Um, you, you're used to being the big fish in the, in the little pond, and you get to college where you got a lot of other guys that used to be the big fish, and, and you're in a bigger pond now. And, and, and that alleviates some of these guys from wanting to, to really put forth their effort and work. And the portal has kind of turned to a place, with, especially without the proper education, where they can just kind of, you know, try to white slate cleans and go for the immediate impact. And I and I look at uh, my job as a head coach is not necessarily about winning ball games. That's how I'm determined on the outside. But we're here to nurture these young men so they can go on and be great people in the community and in life. And that's you're teaching them a bad lesson that uh, of, of uh, reinforcing the instant gratification. Yes, there are some valid reasons where kids may have to get in the portal, family situation, just not happy. You know, health, yes, all those things are. But if 10 kids are getting in a portal at a, at, a, at a school, there's probably about three of them that are getting in for that reason. The rest are getting in just because they don't want to wait. They're, they're impatient. They feel like uh, they're better than the guys in front of them, and they're not, or they haven't put in the work, or they're a freshman coming in, and they don't want to, they don't want to get a bond, you know, uh, they don't want to put the work in to get better. They just want to find someone that's going to stroke their ego and, hey, let me go play right now. So it, it, it goes both ways in that, and, and there's a uh, and there's ability to be able to have to have that resiliency, and that's what this game really builds in you more than anything of, of teaching you life lessons. Uh, but, but Coach Ambrose is absolutely right. You know, it's a long-term effect on how this looks like. If this continues to happen, it's continues to be a revolving door, that's, that's going to be a red flag. But if it's, a, it's one of those things to where, hey, we're trying to fix things now, and then you see a long, a, a longer history of, 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 of young men staying in the program, and then the numbers dwindle down, and it becomes more stable. Then it, it's part of the process of, of getting it going. But again, everybody has their own different way of handling it. I know myself; I've been a head coach going to my third year now, and um, you know I don't try to convince any of the young men to stay because um, if you, you try to convince them, it's probably going to not be good for them, and it's not going to be good for you and your program. Um, but what I try to always do. I sit them down, and I try to explain to them exactly what they're getting to with the portal because a lot of people don't have a clue exactly what it looks like. And the portal doesn't have any athletic numbers in it. It has your name and your school. All it is is a check and balances for other coaches to know, hey, is it legal for me to talk to this individual? Um, but the kids have a mindset and the parents have the mindset that, you know, you get in the portal and bells and whistles goes off at every school in the country letting you know that you're in there, and that's not how it works. And, and, and I've had kids leave not understanding that system, even I've tried to explain it to them, and then call me two months later trying for me to help them out. I'm like, hey, I can't do nothing for you. I tried to tell you what was going on, and you made a rash decision just because you wanted a quick fix. So, um, again, there's a lot of layers to it, and, and we always got to step back and, and really not make excuses for anyone, but not also or jump to conclusions and think that, you know, this person is – is, is doing it for self-serving and doesn't care about the kids. It's not always that way. Okay. Uh, uh, Mrs. Britton, uh, we want to bring her in. Do you have a question? I, I've been enjoying listening to various college coaches and in, in your insight. As, as a parent who, um, by, by career, I am a child advocate. I understand child development and developing the whole child and also a parent who has a child, uh, an adolescent uh, student athlete as well, who is in the system right now. And, you know, 
I think with the Dion um, piece that has happened and occurred, I think for me as a parent watching and reading and seeing, you know, I don't know all the stories. There's always two sides to a story. But Dion made it very clear from day one that a bunch of these kids were going to be needing to go into the portal, right? That was clear as day. Um, and after the spring game, we know a bunch of them, more of them, jumped into the portal. And then we hear from media that one of the kids, and I guess his parent, was upset um, by, I guess, that his child could not get any film, whether it was practice or game or whatever. Um, and I think from from my perspective as a parent and a child advocate, I think the piece that was missing, and it might have been there, you know, it might have been there because, yes, you all are trying to develop student athletes um, and young men. Um, but I think the piece that was missing was that it didn't seem like he was trying to help them land somewhere else. And I think that's, that's the piece that's worrisome. Yes, we know that students, athletes, and parents were both asking for the transfer portal. We know that they were asking to be moved. If a coach can, can move, why can't we move and transfer? So, and then now we're dealing with the high school kids aren't necessarily getting opportunities. So I, I don't know if I necessarily have a question. Maybe my question is, what would you advise a kid to do if they've done everything that they could and they have, they have decent grades, what would you advise them to do if the coach, if you feel like you can't offer them? Well, how would you advise them to handle this <laughs> as it is right now? I think what I would advise them to do, uh, everyone, uh, when they first came to school, they have what they call huddle. All right? Huddle is where we go and we watch film from their high school years of playing. Uh, they can take that information, and most coaches, you know if a guy's been in school two years or three years on a training table and he's been doing everything he's supposed to do, you can gauge or or try to pretty much guesstimate how much developed he's become. You know, uh, whether he played or not, that's not his choice. You know, those are coaches' choices. So you can say, okay, that was a bad situation. He didn't get an opportunity to play. Let me go back and watch him at high school. And the thing that they also have now, back in the day, we couldn't work the kids out. Now you can bring kids in and work them out. So it's not like he's, he shut them off from getting an opportunity. He just said you can't have my practice film as, as an addition to the other avenues that you have to be to recruit it. If you want to be re, if you want to get evaluated, tell a coach, hey, look, me, uh, I'm going to be on your campus, and if you don't, if you got 45 minutes, I'm willing to work out for you. So it's not like uh, that's the only opportunity for them to get in, the, in college is the film. That's what's being highlighted because that, you know, that gives everybody something to say, oh, it's the film, it's the film. There's so many different uh, other things that they can do to, to be able to be noticed as prospects. And, and then when you come to, uh, you know, leaving, 
every kid has the right and and every deal where they have uh, because he's the head coach and he's got rid of him. Every every kid still has the right to do an appeal. If you do an appeal uh, because of his his him removing you from the team, now the school has to find justification why you was removed. And if they give you if they can't find justification, team rules. Um, the coach can't just get rid of you off athletic ability because you won't good enough. Now the school has to pay for you, so you can go to school for free. So, uh, mm-hmm. and that's probably the untold part that even though he's not inviting them back, they don't have to leave. They can go and do the appeal and go to school for free, and don't have to play ball. Well, from a parent's um, perspective, that education comes first. That that would make a parent that should make a parent happy. But it, but I'm you know. Not all parents are the same, right? And not all parents are going to guide their children properly either, if at all. No, it's a a lot of parents to be like, well, I want him to stay there and I want him to play. Well, you know, Mm -hmm. and then you you got it. Like I tell all the guys that, that, yeah, you want the opportunity to play, but you you want an opportunity to use the game to get a free education. Correct. And if if your playing is not going to get you to the next level, then that means you need to reload your your, your car your horse and, and and your wagon and put education first and not sports. So you know it, you know th- those are that's just the way that I'm looking at it. Thank you. Okay, uh, yeah, we, we, we want to give Coach Coach and Coach Ambrose opportunity to answer the question, then we will move on to the next panel. Uh, yes. To, to add on to that, um, I, I I understand exactly where you're coming from. Um, and, and here's the piece to it that, that I need that um, I get just in the way our social media and where things are covered right now. Yes, there's a lot of kids that are in the portal. Um, but to my knowledge, there's only been one kid that has said he hasn't gotten, that he wasn't able to get his film. So instead of us as a, as a society, we're looking at, oh, he denied all these kids their film. That, that You know, there's always, we've we, we got to stop having the one outlier outlier be a representation of everything that's going on um, because, you know, we, again, we don't know what the situation is with this one kid. Um, you know, you know, I, like I said, I, I always go back to myself and I can speak, I can speak for coach uh, Ambrose and, and coach Ely in this case, because I've seen them and I know the reputation and I know the respect they have. They all are uh, coaches who care and want the absolute development for all their players. Uh, but this is also still a two-way street, and there's still a level of respect that and uh, that needs to be done on the other side. Uh, if the you know, if the young men and most coaches are in that realm, if they do the things that they're supposed to do, coaches will help them to get where they need to go. But I am not going to bend over backwards for every single kid if a kid's been disrespectful, a kid has not done what he's supposed to do, kid's been you know it's been a scratch and claw and it's been a uh, uh, for lack of a better word, a cancer in our program, and then he leaves, and then he wants me to help him. I am not obligated to help him when it comes down to that. That's, that's, that's again, that's another life lesson that needs to be out there. When you, for every action, there, there's consequences. So if you burn bridges with coaches, or if you don't act certain way, you don't do things certain ways, there, that doesn't necessarily mean, oh, I, I still have to go out there and help you. Because, again, you may not want this coach to help you. Because I'm going to try to help every kid there is, but I'm not. I'm also not going to uh, 
discredit myself for you. If a coach calls me about a kid, every coach has ever called me for a kid that left my program, I've given them the good, the bad, and the ugly. Hey, he's good at this, he's great at this, he does this, he does this, he needs to work on this, he needs to work on this, or he, he you know, he has a tendency to be late, he, you know, he's not a team player. That, that's my obligation as well because I am not – if Coach Ambrose was to call me about a kid that was transferred from my place and wanted to go to him, and I only I, – the kid had these, these, these bumps and bruises, and I didn't tell him, I'm ruining the relationship I have with them, but I'm also um, hurting his program. And, again, it's about teaching them life lessons, that you have to conduct yourself a certain way in order to survive in the real world. So, again, I have no idea about this young man and, and, and his situation. And, but please, I'm not trying to paint a picture of what he's doing. But it just goes back to we just can't let, to my knowledge, there's been one young man that has come out and said, I was not able to get my film. Sometimes there's just an outline. We've got to say, okay, what's the reason behind this one individual? If we had 10, 12, 15 players that, that, that came out, the LaPorte said, if we weren't able to get our film, okay, that may be something to look at. But there's a reason for everything. And, and we got to start getting to that and, and not just saying, oh, they're kids, we got to look out for them all the time. That only goes so far. Because when we go that far, and we, and on the flip side, when we go that extra step and, and, and help our kids, and then it doesn't work, then we're also painted in a position, oh, you're only helping out these kids because you want to win ball games. So it becomes a situation where we're damned if we do, we're damned if we don't. You know, and, and, and that's the world we live in, and, and we accept that because we understand what our roles are and we're ready to take some of those bullets in order to, to do things the right way to help these uh, young men. Okay. Uh, Jason Collins. Yeah, thanks, thanks Coach. Um, look, I don't necessarily disagree with anything that's been said tonight. Um, I understand the business of college football. I understand that Coach Prime – because of the spotlight that follows him around, he probably feels the pressure to overhaul the roster and, and to win right away. But, um, you know, someone earlier, one of the coaches, you know, mentioned the, the, the whole appeal process and that if the coach doesn't want you on the team, you could appeal and, and still be at the school. I just don't think realistically for an athlete, who wants to – you go to school, yes, you want to get an education, but you're also there because you want to compete. I don't want to just be at school, going to school and not playing football. That's part of the reason why I'm, why I'm there. So I don't know that that's really a realistic option for athletes. But my question is this, and, and any other coaches can pick it up. Um, do you feel like Coach Prime set a, the wrong tone with his football team when on day one he says, I'm bringing my own luggage and it's Louie? Like, do you feel like that sets the wrong tone for a locker room? And then the other thing, and, and you guys know because you're coaches, I, I think at the heart of every coach, you're in it for the kids. Yes, you can make money. Yes, you want to win. But somewhere you're in it for the kids. So I guess the other part would be why not do everything you can to help these kids find somewhere else to land when you don't really want them on your roster anyway. And any, any coach can chime in on that. I, I will I will say that um, in not the exact same language, when you go into a situation where you're hearing a program that that's been down in the dumps, haven't been playing well, won one game, uh, there there's underlying issues outside of just coaching. 
Um, there, there's, you know, there's a, there could be a, a camaraderie issue, talent, all those different things. Um, and going into day one, stepping in a situation like that, nine out of ten coaches would address it, this, would, would give the same message, but probably not the way uh, Dion gave it. You know, that, that's, again, the way he delivered that in those terms, that's his way of doing it. But it's also a way of coming into a bad program or a down, uh, a down program and setting the tone of, look, just like, like Coach, uh, Coach Ambrose, um, Ambrose said earlier, hey, we got certain things we got to get fixed and we, we got to set a tone and change the culture. You're either going to be a part of it or you're not going to be a part of it. That, that's, you know, that, that's how you want to set that up. When you're coming in, you got to let them know the standards from before aren't working. So you have to change in order to be a part of what we're doing. And either you do it our way or you leave. Not talking about baggage and Louie, again, that's his way of doing it. But, you know, every it's not a, it's not a, we, we got to stop dealing with these kids with kid gloves and, and treating them like, you know, like, like, you know, they, they, and coddling them. Sometimes it takes, you know, tough language and tough talking to let them know to change things. And the tone may be different. Uh, and, and, and address the piece about, uh, you know, doing everything we can for them. Again, I, I think all of us want to do that. But you can't do that for every single kid if they're not doing their part. And not all of these kids that get in the portal are doing their part. They, they, they don't. Uh, some of them uh, are, they, they take a lot of for granted. They, they've had tough upbringings and childhoods and they have problem trusting and they break a lot of rules and do things like that. Yeah, I'm not going to send that person. I'm not going to send that young man to another person's program. I'm just not because that's, that's not good for the, that's not good for that coach. And I'm, I'm not going to transfer my problem to someone else. If again, if the kid is doing what they're supposed to, the kid's trying and the kid's got, you know, putting forth the effort, I'll do it all day long. Um, and, I, and I've gone to miles of certain kids that I probably shouldn't have and got burned by it, um, going jumping through hoops and spending a lot of time to do stuff for them, and then they, 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 they burn me. I'm cool with that because for the other kids, I'm going to keep pushing because there's other kids that appreciate it. But we we got to get out of this mindset that regardless of any and everything that they do, we have to just swallow our pride and help them out because that's how a lot of them got to the place where they are, where they keep doing things over and over again and never learning their lesson. And when they do get in the real world, they're not going to be prepared to handle getting a first job and that second strike and you're out on the street. So there, there's levels to it. You've got to be able to let them understand for every action that you do, there's a consequences related to it. And sometimes you make a mistake you can't recover from Coach, I, I agree with, with everything you just said. I, I do. But I, I want to ask Spike specifically for Colorado because I don't necessarily feel like these kids even had the opportunity in some cases to be disrespectful or to not do everything that they're supposed to do. Because, I, and look, look, I play football at Penn State. I certainly understand tough coaching, tough love, all that kind of stuff. But I feel like when you show up on day one and you say, look, you guys aren't going to be on the roster, you're not really even giving me an opportunity to show you if I'm worthy of being there. And, and that's why my question is, do you, do you feel like Dion made any missteps in his approach? Well, I, I, I would, again, I, go ahead, Coach. 
I, 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 I just think when it comes when it comes down to it, they didn't hire Deion Sanders to raise your kids. I mean, everybody know that that's what he does. He puts on a show, and all he talks about is getting you to the league. And if you can't get to the league, so uh, Colorado hired him to put people in the seats and to make them money. So the school is the one that's got to be hired, held accountable. Is that they the one vetted him as the head coach, and knowing that. You know, he, he he hadn't said anything about raising your guys and, and being there to be able to change their life. And everything has been that this is a production and and this is the way that, that, it, that it's going to go. He also said, yeah, I'm bringing my luggage. But he, he did say if you want to stay and you want to compete for a job, you know, uh, you, you that's your right, that's your opportunity. So now as you look at that and you got that kind of guy coming in, that's what the transfer situation is for. Now those kids still have an opportunity to go to other schools that does have that, 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 that is a good fit for them. You know, so, so now, you know, who wants to stay in a place where the, the, it's not run uh, like a, a, a part, an extension of education, but it's run like a factory? So now you have the chance to, to transfer to a coach that can mentor you. A lot of those kids don't get opportunities in the portal to get other shots at other schools. Uh, Coach Ambrose, why don't you jump in, too, on that? God, I love listening to smart guys. Donnie, Donnie's so, so smart. He's so smart. My only issue is how this stuff goes down, and, and I understand that like how the media plays it and what actually happens are two entirely different things. Truth be told, we got hard jobs. The takeover program, it's a hard job. We're trying to develop relationships. We're trying to. But our job is to mentor and grow young men, period, through the game of football. That's all there is to it. Whether we like them or not, if they're on the roster and they are a representative of the university, it is our job to mentor them and try and make them better. Now, with that being said, since we talked about mom. The, the, the official meeting. I'm going to tell you the first meeting I had with my guys. I was brutal. And I was brutal on purpose. I didn't need a camera. But I was brutal on purpose. I, they were soft. They were not tough human beings. They were used to being losers. And I'm going to challenge them. And it's fight or flight. If you don't like what I'm saying, then you're going to fight back. If you don't like what I'm saying and you're going to run, run. Because I'd rather you quit now when it gets hard than quit when somebody's relying on you. So I'm, I'm going to say I was brutal too, but it's our job to mentor every guy that's on that roster. We get paid a lot of money. We don't get paid a lot of money just to coach the guys we like. We get paid a lot of money because there's 100-plus guys on that roster that someone, some parent, and the university signed off on to make them some degree of our responsibility. So – you can't shirk that duty in any way, shape, or form, and you can't do it publicly. Now, this is the difference between professional athletics and college athletics. The program represents the university. The university doesn't represent the program. And Donnie made a really good point. They hired Dion. But there's going to be a balance somewhere along the way because it is not Dion's university. It's Colorado's. He and all the people that he brings into that program 
have to represent that university, not just in how they play football, but how they do business. As a football coach, we have to be responsible to our boss and how our boss is perceived. And our job is to protect the brand. And Colorado has been Colorado a lot longer than Dion around. So they're going to have to come to this balance of, yes, we want this public figure representing our football program to its best and nth degree. But we better make sure that it represents the university's degree. The job of a football program is to shine the light on the university, not for the university to shine the light on the football program. Okay. Uh, I want to I want to kind of change what Jason asked you, and I'm going to go to you, Coach Coachman, because the, uh, the question would be uh, kind of like, how, would you handle the situation differently than Dion when you spoke to the Colorado team? Um, again, I, I'm not a I'm not a big public guy. I you know when it comes to that stuff, there's certain things. Um, my background, I'm 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 an Army officer. I'm a West Point grad. I I, I believe in the family and and I and backing up what, what uh, Coach Ambrose said about um, I take much pride in when I was an Army officer that this country decided to invest in me and in this most valuable commodity and that's leading its, its sons and daughters. All right, and I kind of have that same mindset when I'm leading my my team as a head coach. So certain things that when you need to handle certain things, I'm very hard on my players as well. I tell the guys when we're recruiting them, I tell their family, they're family. I'm going to protect them. I'm going to look after their babies. But that doesn't mean it's always going to be patting on the back and telling them how great they are. You have to be, when it's time to be hard and brutal and blunt with them, you have to do that. And um, like I said, if I would have walked into that same situation, I probably would have had a very similar conversation. I would not have used the same language of, a Louis bag and things like that, but I would have basically said, hey, the, the standards will change when we get here. We're here now. Here's what the standards are. We will not, we will not live up to or uh, continue to go by the standards of the, the, the that lets us be in a, a one levered program. Um, so that means there's going to be a lot of changes. If you're not with the changes, you you can go ahead, hop in the portal, and leave. If you if you want to work and be a part of the change and be a part of something great and be a part of what we're building on and off the field, then stick around and abide by those rules. And I've had the same conversation with the young men I had here at my at Bluefield State, where I started the program, restarted the program from scratch, had had football here since 1980, and we restarted going on our third year now. And I've had those conversations with the young men I brought in. Hey, here's how we're doing things. Here's what we're about. If you're not going to do it our way. You can leave. I'll still love you, but you can't be a part of this, and that's okay. So, But it takes that tough love to do that. Um, like I said, I'm not going to do it with cameras in front of because that's not, that, that's not my style, right? But the message would have been the same. The delivery would have been different. Okay. All right, uh, D-Man. Yeah. Coach, yeah, uh, hey, I'm here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I want to uh, throw my question at uh, Coach Coaxum because yeah, I put it on my social media. And, I, you know, Coach, uh, I haven't met him yet, but we talk all the time. My question would be is the kid said he couldn't get his practice failed. 
okay. Uh, clearly he was a player from the previous staff. So what would be wrong with a coach, say, Prime, giving that kid the, the film from the previous staff? And the other part of the question is, how much do you guys take practice film into a factor if you want to get another kid out of the portal? Do you even really look at it? Because I've seen comments that people say, yeah. eh, you know. So I want to gear that those two questions to uh, Coach Coxum and the other two yeah, coaches uh, after. So, so answer the first part of it. Um, Again, I, I always try to put a rational lens on things. I don't necessarily always try to say, okay, yeah, he, he's absolutely wrong because there's got to be something else to it. I try to rationalize it. Um, I've been in that situation. I had a young man leave for academic stuff and um, and didn't quite do the things he was supposed to get done. And and then between him and his parent came back and was you know very disrespectful and demanding of of us getting filmed to him and, and how we're doing about it. And and we did not do that because he didn't handle the way he left it the right way. Um, I'm, I'm, you're not going to, I'm just not, you know, don't be disrespectful in doing something when you didn't do what you were supposed to do in order to, to get the film. And because there were other young men that left our program that we gave the film to, but they went about it the wrong way. And I took it as myself as a coach to teach that young man and, his parent, kind of the right way to do things, and that's going to hopefully help you in a, in, you know, in a more uh, life or death situation, in a, a more important situation later on in life. You can't demand things from people when you haven't done things supposed to expect it to go your way. Um, so that that that, to me, there's something underlying there that only makes sense. Um, because again, that's the only player that we've known, uh, we've heard of, that hasn't gotten, that wasn't able to get his film. Um, second part of the question, I know for me, when I get kids that transfer from another school, didn't play any games, I, I immediately go to, and they do send me a couple of films, uh, reps from practice, you know, I, I don't pay much attention to it just because it's hard to really get a grip of what they're doing. You can kind of see maybe how they move and run or whatever, but I will immediately go back to the high school film um, and, and try and, and get an evaluation, okay, where was this young man in high school? And, and kind of see the skill set because now I can see game footage and see how they move in those situations, how to react when when, it's a, when, when the real live action is going on. Um, and then, you know, whatever practice film that they do have, I may watch a few of it just to see, okay, how much bigger have they gotten, um, you know, how they are maybe dealing with, you know, this particular guy because you never know what they're being told to do in practice. You know, they may just be, hey, just go hit this gap or just go do this or just – you never really know. So both ways, I don't want to use that against them in a negative way if they're being told, you know, be a tackling dummy or just don't, you know, don't give all the – whatever. So you just never – to me, I don't, I don't want to be skewed by whatever they're being told, being told to do in that practice environment. So I'll go to the high school film to kind of get a gauge for where I think he is and then try to, you know, try to extrapolate from there. All right, uh, Coach Ambrose, Coach uh, Ely, you want to jump in on that that question? Uh, well, certainly. I mean, you. All right. Well, I guess I uh, appreciate it, uh, Brother Rob. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> it, 
the whole thing, I mean, most times you're not going to watch practice tape. The whole deal of watching film is to see you against competition, to see how you compete at, at those levels. Practice tape you might watch and try to get an idea how fast he, you know, he is and how, you know, his size, but you're not going to do a lot of evaluation off practice tape. And then if he was on the practice from, from the last staff, that film is gone. That, that, you know, people, your film guys, when you hire a new coach, you know, after the coaches come in and look at the film and evaluate it, they wipe the stuff down and make room for the upcoming practice season so they probably don't have it. And then we're still missing the key point. It's not like the coaches are the only keepers of the film. Everybody walks around with an iPad or, and a password and, and, a, and, a, and a password to log in. So you you got to have some friends that's on the team that still got their password. And if you really want the film, hey, man, coach won't give me the film. You mind if I uh, get your password and uh, and download the film real quick so I can get that? And and nobody ever knows it. And it's done all the time. So, John Brooks? Look, if, I, if, if I'm interested, uh, I need to watch the film. I need to watch him move. But truth be told, I'm going to be real comfortable with the transfer if we recruited him out of high school. Then I'm going to go back and make sure, like some of these guys said, right, some of these guys, but we're going to watch the high school film and see how he competed against competition. And I'll say the same thing about the college practice tapes. I want to, I want to watch some indie drills. Yeah, I want to watch some indie drills. And most of the time, I'm watching who he's competing against. Because if he's competing against the guy who should be, like, serving water and washing clothes, I don't, I don't care. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? The, the matchups mean something. So game film, just like in high school, game film is important in the evaluation process. But truth be told, I'm trying to find a way to find somebody that knows him. Because I still believe in family. I still believe that locker room is sacred. And I believe the people you put in it, are going to end up representing not only the football program but the university and for the rest of their lives. And I think that's a really important thing when it comes to who you're going to take. And I know we got to win enough ball games to keep our jobs, and that's, that's the name of the game. But the more you surround yourself with good people, your odds are winning. They increase. Okay. Uh, wow. K-World. Appreciate that, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> All right, K-World. <laughs> Yes, sir. Uh, thank you guys for, uh, for, for first and foremost allowing me to be on with this uh, the great panel and great coaches. Um, been listening from the uh, the start, and I've heard nothing but uh, uh, you know great responses to great questions. And I'm glad I, I'm able to still have one <laughs> uh, question uh, that, that you guys haven't answered yet, uh, for the most part. But but anyway, um, to stay on the huddle talk a little bit because um, the the, uh, the previous coach, not the one this this spoke. I'm sorry, I didn't catch your name. He had mentioned the huddle and how these guys have access to the huddle as well. Because that was going to be my question is, is that, um, you know, how do these players not have access to the huddle, um, whether it be, you know, practice or whether it be, uh, you know, game film or what have you. Because I know my son was going through the same process as far as um, baseball, and he had access to the huddle. So I don't understand how the coaches are able to keep the huddle, um, access to the huddle away from those players. So you did answer that question for me. So I'm glad I had a backup. <laughs> but going uh, back to um, when we spoke, you guys talked about the appeal process 
and how you know they go through the appeal process, and if they win that appeal process, they can still go to um, school for free, even though they're not on the team. They can still get their education paid for. My question is to that is does that um, does that count towards a scholarship count for um, you know for that particular program as far as them going to school for free, even though they're not on the team? Uh, Coach Ambrose, I'll, I'll start with you on that question. Hold on, say that one more time. I'm in and out. Sure, I'm sorry. Um, my question is about the appeal process. Is that you said they win the appeal process, and um, but they're not on the team, but they can still go to school for free, a free education, their free tuition, um, even though they're not on the team. Does that free? Does that them going to school for free, um, even though they're not on the team? Does that uh, go against the scholarship count for that particular program? Yeah, I think yes, that was needed. I, I made that statement, uh, Ambrose, and that Johnny, does not okay, go against. Thanks. Hello? Yeah, I'm sorry. This is Coach uh, Ely. I, I made that statement, okay. and it does not oh, okay. go against I'm sorry. the scholarship. It oh, does okay. not go okay. against the scholarship count. You know, when you're when you're dealing with, with schools that have uh, autonomy to even be at the uh, uh, Power Fives or that level, it's so much money that moves around that because of that one year, uh, that two year that that head coach gets to come in, uh, if they win the appeal, it's not to put them back on team. They it just says that athletics have to pay for that particular scholarship, and it does not count. And and what I was saying, if you're a competitor, you want to go somewhere and play. But what happens is, if you don't get anywhere to play, take that year, still get your school paid for, and get in the portal the next year and get another opportunity to play. So it was more of a faith in that, not just a I'm just giving up football. I don't think. Uh, that transition should force you out of football if you want to just play football. But I don't think it's a smart move to go play football and you got to pay for the same education that you could get for free and then until you can get a scholarship at the end. So it was just giving to those listeners and, uh, and to those particular mm-hmm. students uh, understanding that if you don't get a place to go, it's not like you're on the streets. Uh, enforce that opportunity that you have to maintain your education until the portal open next year to get a move. Okay. Understood. Uh, thank you, Coach. I appreciate that. And I, I don't know if anyone else want to elaborate on that, but um, that's all the questions. That. That's the only question I have. Well, what Donnie said is, like, dead on, like, within the within the realm of hands-on and the kids, um, have a whole bunch of kids that are going to school for free on a scholarship, not playing football, and see how your administration handles Right. Do that exactly. over a long period of time. You're not going to make any friends because you're throwing money. You're throwing money out the door per their perspective. So, like, the X's and O's and the NCAA rules is right on the money like a bullseye. But if you're mm-hmm. constantly carrying $100,000 of non – I don't know, people who, were committed, who aren't helping the university – you're just paying for kids to go to school for free for no other reason than they're there. Uh, the administration is not going to look too kindly upon that for an extended period of time. No. Right. All right, guys. Uh, I really appreciate uh, Co- uh, Coach Ely, Coach Ambrose, and uh, uh, Coach Coulson being from the southern part of West Virginia. And I appreciate you bringing life back into Bluefield State. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate, appreciate that, that, my brother. <laughs> so that's, that's a good deal, man. Growing up, 
We used to go watch Bluefield State play a lot. So, I pre- again, we appreciate it. I'm sure D-Man does, too. I want to bring in Princess and let Princess close it out for, for us. Again, thank you, guys. No doubt, brother. Thank Gentlemen, you. thank you. Gentlemen and ladies, thank you. Um, we appreciate you. Dr. Ely, um, Coach Ambrose, um, Coach Coachum, this has been powerful. And you cleared up a lot of things and really put it in perspective and, and really gave us a lot of nuggets that I didn't know about, like the inheritance clause or even that you had a chance, opportunity to appeal. So um, thank you again, coaches. we got to get you all back, okay? Sounds good. You're having a all right, thank you, Jason Collins, Kevin Walker, Shoshana Cook, also Mara, and Coach Damian Jackson. We appreciate you all being on Never Had It So Good. We'll see you Monday at 6 p.m. You got my dad.